Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 158. Yes. Now, if you're watching this, you might notice we're sat differently to normal. We're side by side. And guys, <laughs> guys on my left and I'm on the right. Uh, it's because we've got a guest on today. So we we've, got, we've been set up, but we've just had the guest on. Um, I was nervous about this one. I bet you were. Very, very, very nervous. But fortunately for you, most of the bad stories couldn't make the cut, so they're all... Thank God. Thank God they were, the, they were so bad, mm. they wouldn't be allowed to come on the podcast. Today, we have on the show my ex-tutor <laughs> at college. Your teacher. My teacher, Rick Daniels. Mr. Daniels the is on. He's, new, he's my favourite Rick now. <laughs> You're like a, an all right Rick. He's like the Don of all Ricks. He, no, he is. Listen. When I grew up, I'd be Rick, not this Rick. <laughs> so uh, but I've probably said it on the podcast before. When I was 16 to 18, I went to a college called Myersco College to do golf studies. I, um, How should I put it? I enjoyed my time there from a social standpoint. Yes. Yeah, you were, um, even though I obviously didn't know you back then, I can just picture you so so vividly. <laughs> And you were, you said this on the podcast, it's coming up now, you were wearing Burberry, you were earrings in, you were um, a character. I was a cocky, very cocky 16 year old. Yeah. I'm not, I, people might say it's not changed, but 20 years ago I turned up at that college thinking I was the best thing since sliced bread and I left two years later realising, ah, 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 you're not the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. But it did me a good stead to form the career that I've got to now. Um, we also allude to, we've just finished filming a video at my school with some of the students genuinely right now it might be one of the best videos we've ever made it was insane um this podcast actually though i was i mean it was very very good it was one of my favorites done in a long time it was actually it was a nice balance it was it was funny in parts but there was actually a lot of really good learnings i think a lot of people who listen to this or watch this um want to work in golf and why would you not you know if you're a golf fan which you probably are if you're watching this or listen to this working in golf is one of the best things you can do and there's a lot of advice that if you're no matter how old you are if you're 16 if you're 55 um there's a lot of jobs out there and hopefully this this episode might give you some inspiration and help you out yeah so rick's led the golf he's basically head of golf at my school for 22 years he was a student there he's a pga golf professional felt a pga golf professional similar to myself um he's had 800 students through the doors at my school so there's some really characters and he'll tell some stories around that as well um some successes yes he's actually he actually alluded to that i was a success yeah, I didn't fully believe his nose started growing. As he said. <laughs> but uh, he's actually, he's still here, he's off camera. And as it stands, he's currently the head of golf in this room as well. 
So he is. He's, yeah. he's, he's That's Rick, man. best head of golf. Yes, he is. Uh, but different podcast this week. We will be kind of back to normal next week. Um, so if you've got any emails you want to send in off the back of this podcast or just generic questions or thoughts or feelings, let us know. It's podcast at rickshields.com. Um, we have also going to be in next week's podcast going to be talking about a range night we're going to do in St Andrews which is actually happening tonight as you're watching this range night tonight at St Andrews so sorry if you missed out on tickets but there was only a very very selected amount and they went on sale free sale last week and they sold out within about three minutes we'll do more range nights the video will be coming from that but it means we get to go to our favourite place in the world St Andrews and you're going to give away lots of dollar potentially I know I think that's why people now, with the tickets for range night, sold out. I'll say sold out, they were free, but they they sold out, they went within minutes. I think that's now because people know you go with a a lot of cash (laughs) and there's challenges that are achievable. Yes, maybe business strategy, start charging for tickets. So this might be the last free one. It's not a very good business model, is it really? (laughs) We go to a driving range, people don't pay to come. We hire the driving range, yeah. So anyway, it's in partnership with Top Tracer. Um, Obviously, one of my... um, I'm a global ambassador for Top Tracer, one of my partners, so it's going to be a really good video. Stay tuned for that. And it also means we're spending three days in St. Andrews filming some content, which will be drip-fed through December. You're going to be doing some Break 75s. I might be bringing the golf clubs out of retirement. Yeah. Those naughty, naughty golf clubs. Right, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy... Um, the real Rick, the best the, Rick. The real Rick. Rick. <laughs> I want everyone to comment below if you're watching this. Hashtag, we love the real Rick. That's it. Done. And uh, yeah, he'll tell you a little bit about what he remembers of me as a 16-year-old kid. Can we hurry up one and speak to Rick? <laughs> <laughs> so Rick, this is slightly bizarre for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Because as a... 16 year old it's 20 years ago from now i walked up to a college in preston called my school college mm-hmm. i had a, a burberry t-shirt on mm-hmm. okay burberry burberry collar okay was burberry trim genuine or of course it was, <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> playing off probably about eight handicap nice thinking i was the bee's knees earring I- earrings oh, oh double plural Wow. <laughs> Blonde hair, fresh faced, r- didn't know what the world was going to bring me. Okay. Oh. And I went to my school college and I was presented probably my first ever class with Rick Daniels, Mr. Daniels. We didn't actually call you Mr. Daniels, but Rick Daniels <laughs> as my tutor. Yeah, it was in 20 years. Yeah. I started in 20 years. I think I look better after 20 years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you do. I, think you probably, I don't feel like you've aged one bit I in just that got time grey. I've had the same haircut for 40 years. I'm 48 years old. I don't think anything's changed, apart from I've got a bit greyer. That's crazy. So we've obviously <laughs> introduced this podcast as you being my old tutor. Okay. You, we, I was there for two years. Mm-hmm. You've just, been there just... You've been there for how long? I'm entering my 22nd year. Wow. Uh, as, a, as a member of the teaching staff. I was a student there myself uh, for three years as well on the degree programme. Uh, so I've spent more than half my life at Royal Mysco. That's wow. crazy. Now, today, we're actually coming off the back of a video we've just shot there <clears> today, <throat> right now, which will be coming out in a few weeks. I want to touch on that first, even though we don't want to give too much away. Honestly, right now, I, I think that's going to be one of my favourite videos we've ever made. 100%. Um, I don't want to give it too much away, but we went back to my old school, my old college and we challenged 20 of the students there to a competition for some 
Wonga. Some big Wonga, to be fair. Certainly for, for it was amazing. youngsters. Of the, was it amazing. 18 to 21, the mixture of ages? Yeah, they're all the degree students, 18 plus. So we, we had to take that box to make sure we were okay there from amateur status rules as yeah. well. So we there was five challenges and very simple mm. challenges, but it was an elimination till we got down to a final two until one of the golfers was crowned. I can <laughs> honestly say I don't think we've ever filmed a video with actually that much tension. I could feel the tension. You could cut it with a three iron. Yeah, I think there was. we've never used so many cameras. We've never used so many people. We've never had a rent a crowd. Yeah, we we brought a special crowd in that uh, were there with the quiet signs and the special boards that we had put up, and uh, they did a good job, really. They did really good. Were you proud of your students? Yeah, they think they did well. They were looking forward to. It. Obviously, uh, they're excited because you've been in to do a. Thankfully, you've been in to do a Q and A with them with a couple of weeks before, which I know you've alluded to already. So they got a bit of a feel for it, and then they knew what was coming. Um, obviously, the challenges changed slightly for the better, mm. and uh, I think the video is going to be great. Obviously, we struck a little bit with the weather, weren't we? But um, the way it went, and as you said, over the tension, we should have uh, put them all on heart rate monitors from the beginning, shouldn't we? I'm not sure how I would have fared in that situation. <laughs> the, the, we won't, again, without giving it away, the last few golfers that got through to the final stages, they were playing for big money, and they were so cool, calm, and collected. You've either got some very, very good golf coaches there, or they're just the most It is, it's insane. all down to the coaching guy, obviously, yeah, and the staff. Um, but uh, they did really well. Um, I think when people get to see the video, I'm sure they'll... Uh, encapsulated by it and it was it was great fun and thank you for the opportunity no worries um it was good to give back um with you obviously now in your <laughs> role there at MySco, you're we we're just discussing this off air what's your actual title it's kind of course leader what do you think my title is head of golf the boss oh, that, i need to send that to my boss i just think head of golf when i think of MySco, and i'm sure there'll be ex-pupils ex-students listening to this they will only know you from MySco. It's very and, kind, and there's been there's been other tutors, there's been other coaches there, but certainly from considering you started 22 years ago, how how that time frame has changed. I'd love to dive that into you a mm-hmm. bit today. I want to give you the opportunity to tell people listening what is my school college because even now, if I've said to people, I went to golf college when I was 16, mm-hmm. certainly here in the UK, it's very unheard of. Absolutely. Yeah. They look at me and go, what? Well, golf college? I still, even though I've been the last couple of days and it, it's opened my eyes somewhat, I still don't fully understand it. And I want to hear your explanation of it because I imagine if you're <laughs> young and you like golf, it must be heaven. Well, you'd like to think that. That's what we uh, we try and do. Um, we're the oldest running academic golf programme in the world we've been going since 1994 in terms of the degree programs that we offer and some of the fe program fe 16 to 18 for those that that don't know so you can come at 16 years old or you can come 18 years old to do various courses just a quick one what's fe sorry further education so it's what you choose to do after gcse's yeah so there's fe and he further education higher education so we've been going since 1994. So Foxy, who you know, is, was on the first year programme of that. And so that, he, he is now, I knew him as a, quite a new tutor when I was yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like he wasn't in golf. He was general sport, really, um, when you were there uh, and, and uh, focused on golf. Now he's got, a, he looks after football, not football, sorry, rugby, golf, cricket. So he's, he's, right. he's been loaded with a lot. Uh, but back then he was one of the first students ever to go on to a golf and sports business programme. Um, and I came in 1995, did my three years there, 
and um, went to work at the Marriott at Worsley Park, which I know oh, you have association that's a, with. That's a place we know a little bit about. Yeah. I know you've been there a few times. So I was down there as like the golf events manager and then got enticed to go back to uh, Myersco um, back in 2000, 2001. And as you say, Myersco is historically or synonymously known as an agricultural or horticultural college. And it always has been, you know, with the farm background and where its location is. Um, but from being on site, as you've seen yourself, don't get me wrong, that that trend is still, that theme is still there, um, but it's also developed tremendously to include areas like vet nursing, animal care, the international equine arena that we've got there. We've got a motorsport team. Um, and on the back of that, obviously, the sports side, and as well as the golf, which has been there the longest, we, we offer programs, educational programs in football, rugby, cricket, um, basketball, uh, public services. So it, it, the brand itself has grown, but people will still always think that Myersco or University Central Myersco is uh, an agricultural horticultural college. So I know when Rick went, he had visions of playing golf every single day, nine to five, and he soon found out that's not the reality. He definitely found out. What, what is it certainly for, well, in all the ages from, from 16 to 21, what are the actual kind of core modules then if you go to study golf that you would actually undertake? Yeah, um, a lot of them, I'll just go back to your first bit, a lot of them students arrive, particularly at 16, think they're going to play golf all the time. Don't get me wrong, they, they do play a lot of golf, but they are there for an educational programme at the same time. And without the educational programme there, they wouldn't be able to take up the benefits of all the facilities that we've got and things that we offer. But speaking from my point of view at degree level, when they come in, they, they're, they're doing a lot of modules that are, everything's related to golf, all your assignments, all your classroom time is golf examples, and we'll come on to enrichment, things that we get up to. Uh, but modules they do are what I would say are transferable. So we do marketing, but it's themed around the golf industry. So we look at why different brands do different things. We do event management, finance, human resources, all to do with the golf industry. But the, probably the main module we do over the, the three years is golf operations because a lot of our students will end up uh, working in the golf operations side of the industry around the world, which I'll give you some examples of later. Um Everything they do there and a typical timetable week for them, uh, for example, my first years on the management program is they're in 10, 12 hours a week, Monday to Friday, actually in the classroom, having structured sessions with the tutors. Um, the rest of the time they have a coaching day where they can use all the facilities we've got on site, use all the equipment that we've got. Well, well there's, there's a golf course, a nine-hole golf course. There's a there's a, two academies now, effectively, yep. and two indoor academies. Yep. Uh, there's a massive putting green, which is going to have an artificial putting green in the centre of as well. That's great. There's a small driving range there on site as well. There's obviously golf coaches. Yep. So as a golfer, you'd like to think when you go at 16 or 18, depending on, on your level, you're given opportunities to progress and, and improve on your game. Yeah, that's built into your timetable as well. So your classroom time's there, obviously. But outside of your, your period time, your classroom time, you can go and practice as much as you like. You can use the facilities and... And it's all there on site. The only difference between here and, say, traditionally American golf scholarships is the weather and the forecast yeah. that we get over here. But from um, bespoke students that have come through the system, I was, I was thinking on the way down, just chatting to Stuart, and um, I think I've been there, like I say, 22 years. I've gone, th gone through about 800 students that have come through the system with us, which is phenomenal when you think about wow. it. And 800 golf students. Yeah, of all abilities, including yourself. I've got, I'll come back to what you remember of me at, at college and, uh, and that might be a bit of an embarrassing walk down memory lane, but you mustn't be able to go very far in the golf industry without seeing one of your ex-students. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're very lucky. As, as you know, we, we work a lot on DP World Tour, LET. We get around a lot. We, we go to different venues. We play a lot of events and the chances are that a, a place we'll go to, there's, there's someone there from Myersco or they've been there uh, 
20 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and there's a network link now of ex-students that are doing so well in the industry. You know, I began there, like I say, 22 years ago. My first students are nearly 40, if not 40. And they're all in phenomenal jobs in different levels around the world, um, which I'll tell you about in a bit. And we're very lucky that if you go somewhere there's an event on, we'll bump into someone from Mysco. Well, I, I just a bit of background for everyone <coughs> listening. So obviously I went, Peter Finch went, Andy Carter went, Mark Addison from JCB went. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other names that have been there. Chris Hansen, who I, I definitely want to come on to Chris because I remember Chris at college as being this kind of superstar, way better than all of the rest. And he actually continued to go on to European tour and have great success playing in majors. James Robinson, who's been on the podcast and, and obviously on the channel before. I'm sure I've missed names and I apologise if I have, but... I, we could sit here all day, Rick. But even the, even just the circles that I'm mixing and, and probably people that are listening and watching, they've probably watched videos from some of those creators or they've seen videos, and yeah. you know, in our kind well, of YouTube it's, it's, world. It's how you met Pete, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. how I met Pete, it's how I met Carter. Um, all those kind of, you know, interlinked relationships came from the two years that I spent at college. I know some of those lads went on for a bit longer. But then, you know, even even years above or below, you start to get to know people and you make connections. And it's fascinating, like you say, the, 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 the spread of all these students. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, we're lucky. Uh, you know, yourself every year now, in the last four or five years, we've introduced an alumni golf day where we invite people back to come and see their old friends and um, have a day out and have a night out with the, the current students as well as the past students. And from a networking point of view, the feedback I've had from... Uh, the guys and the girls that have come back over the last five years, it's phenomenal. It's been an opportunity to catch up and then develop certain other links that they've gone on from a business point of view to to utilise away from the college, which is great. All those years ago, mm -hmm. when it first got set up, what was its actual reason? Why did why did it get set up? Do you know actually the history of that? And, and was it trying to compete? Obviously, you're saying it's the oldest. Where did it get its inspiration from? If it's the first ever golf course and are we saying that even before americans and people like that got no, it's involved? the first it's the first ever academic program in the uk because the only other option was back then because i was when i went there i was 18 or 20 when i went there and if i wanted to go on and play professionally and do well in the industry from a playing point of view you had to go to the states and i get that and we a lot of our students still go to the states now after they finished our programs um but back then Someone who, I think it was Jeff Hutchins was the guy that uh, was my course leader when I was there and would have been in uh, in charge of the programme, had spotted a niche in the market and said we need to offer something from a golf background. And it was the first one in the UK, alongside another college that I went to before I went uh, to, to, to Myasco at uh, Marys Wood um, down in Guildford. And they were the only two places in the UK That's you could go to. Barry Taylor went, I think. Is that? Yeah. Um, you could do some kind of golf studies. And otherwise, it was America or nothing. So someone spotted a niche, and I couldn't honestly tell you it was in the in the UK who did it, but I'm glad they did. And um, from there, things have grown. Um, there's lots of other places you can go to now around the world, around Europe, which is great. Um, you know, the PGA. I'm a PGA professional. They offer a bespoke route as well, which is fantastic. We're in no competition with the PGA at all. What they do is slightly different to what we do, and from a management point of view. Um, so we're all for supporting different routes for different students in terms of what, what they want to do and where they want to go. When you hear about the America, though, obviously it's very well known, the American like collegiate system. But when you look at like tour pros who've gone to America and you see what they've got a major in, as they call it, it's yeah. often like um, business or communications. Whereas this, what you're doing is this bespokely golf. Are there yeah. many golf bespoke ones in America as well? 
There's a PGM program, Professional Golf Management Program in America. We uh, we have a link with Ohio State and lots of people out there. A gentleman called Mike O'Keefe, who's our link in America for not only what we do, but there's a national or international shortage of greenkeepers at the moment. And my ESCO was synonymously known, again, going back to it, that if you want to do golf, it was greenkeepers that came out of my ESCO college. Mm. And obviously now it's more so sports management, sports operations that come out of the college. We still do the greenkeeping and the sports department and it's it's massive, uh, very well respected, but there's an international shortage of greenkeepers. The number of phone calls I get, we were talking about phone calls and emails earlier. Have you got this staff? Have you got that staff? And since COVID uh, particularly, you know, have you got any greenkeepers? And we can't at the moment fulfill the number of jobs they are, which is great for us because there's so many jobs out there and we've got students lined up to go into these positions. Um, but again, going back to America, if you want to go out there, I know a few friends that went out to the States, to Florida and places like that to do scholarships and they had to do the major, like you said, but you could do things in like PE as your major or some art, which mm. people might sniff at and go, what are you doing? You're just playing golf all the time, but you still have to do your academics yeah. while you're out there. With us, what we offer is it's a generic view of the golf industry. So they cover all areas of uh, possible industry and our modules and our programs are put together at. 16 to 18 and 18 plus to suit the industry so we sit down every every year every 18 months with what we call a technical advisory board so can i say brand names and people that we yeah yeah of course so the likes of we have a link with callaway odyssey titleist um tailor made uh, the marriott group obviously potential employers we have employers all over the world in in florida and in the middle east which i'll i'll give you some more information on and we say this is what we offer you know, because ultimately they'll come, like I said, the first students are now 40 that were with me. They're in director of golf positions, like um, I've got three out in Dubai and uh, Abu Dhabi. And every year they come and say, I need three or six staff this year. Uh, what have you got for me? Because they know how they're educated. Mm-hmm. They don't have to train them up as much because they get a good background with us for three years. Uh, and all our modules that we put together on our program, we approach the industry and say, this is what we've got. What are we missing? What do you want? Is there something we need to change so that the industry is it's always evolving? So uh, we go through things called periodic course review where we bring our, our courses up to date with what industry require uh, as often as possible uh, to remain relevant and ready for the industry to supply these new graduates to the world. What's been the biggest changing factor in that, in that period of time? So I'm, I'm guessing things like golf, development coaching has obviously changed because of technology and mm-hmm. trap mans and gc quads and all that thing all that side of things i'm guessing the golf business yeah. module has changed enormously because I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people when they first came and i would have been one of them at 16 thinking well if i'm going to get into golf business the only real way of doing that is being a head pro mm. you know that was the route yeah how, how do i how do i run a shop that's obviously developed into many more different strands now and even going on the on the idea obviously the world that we live in I'm guessing now social media now is a huge part of the course as well. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on that and uh, that's a module that we've got social media elements built into it, but we now need to bring in pure modules, solid modules about uh, social media usage, how it works in the industry. Um, You know, going back to the business modules that we incorporate, we get a lot of students that uh, come to us that don't want to turn pro. So, you know, we always support going down the PGA route if you want to go that way, but we get a lot of good good guys and girls that are coming off very good handicap. I mean, the average handicap at the uh, the university centres five at the moment across, we've got 70, 74 students there at present. So the standard's quite good. Mm. Um, but not all of them want to play. You know, they all want to come in there with the hope of improving and getting better at golf. Some do want to play. You've alluded to players that have come through already. 
but the majority of them will go into a management <coughs> uh, opportunity and to, to have the skill set that we give them at, uh, at the university centre is uh, crucial to their development. I think that's one of the things that I noticed that I think sometimes people from the outside think there's almost there's almost three jobs for a golfer. There's been on tour, there's been in a pro shop, or there's been a coach. One of the things I loved when we were at Myerscope today and, and previous days is that the corridors with like little posters of you know pupils from from years gone by, and some of the kind of amazing jobs they've gone on to do, whether it be you know. Um, working for a golf brand or director of golf at a really well-known golf club. I suppose you, you might get some youngsters who start at 18 thinking, you know, I want to be here to be a player. But quite quickly, their eyes get open to how many amazing careers there are out there. And I bet you get some people who actually almost not put the clubs away, but start to focus more academically because they've got these aspirations that aren't to do with playing. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of them come in that want to play and by no way do we say, no, you've got no chance. Mm. But we know how hard it is. But people have done it from our place. They've come in off... You said Chris, and we can talk about Chris, um, of three handicap, you know, which is a great handicapper that's a good player. But to get the difference between being a three handicapper and making it onto playing on the, the DP World Tour as it is now, it's phenomenal and it's mm. extremely difficult. We can look at the stats of how many people make it, but we've had people come through the system to do that. Uh, but like I say, you've been down our Hall of Fame, so we've got lots of students that uh, are in position. Andy Carter's on the wall, we haven't got you up. I know. You refuse to fill the paperwork. I <laughs> uh, no, um, Can I make a video instead? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, I, think, like Rick. I think we've done that. Um, and as you've seen, we've got people all over the world. You said Mark Addison at JCB. We've got guys and girls running their own golf clubs um, in the Middle East. Um, every year we send between 8 and 12 students to work in a place called Frenchman's Creek in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, and they can't go unless they've got these management skills but predominantly they must have their degree program now in place a lot of jobs are asking for a BA honours or a BSc even to the point where the PGA have now developed their own um, top-up program or to make their qualification into a BA program it's very interesting because I, I remember going at 16 and I, I remember going to a careers advisor at the age of 14 let's say at school and they were like you know Rick what, what is it you want to do and at the time I was just in love with golf and I, I'll be honest I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life I didn't really know what career path I just knew I loved golf and I, and I think I might have even said I want to be a golfer and probably got laughed at and you know and I remember from that period of time between 14 and 16 starting to look at well what do I do with my life like what do I do do I go to college and and do what my mates are doing and kind of they don't, they don't really know what they want to do in life as well going to whether it's a business you know uh, a levels or something else and then my school came up on the cards and from for me location wise it was only an hour down the road up in preston and it was like what there's a golf college with other golfers and you can and you can like i said i definitely went with this idea that i'd be playing golf all yeah. the time and got kind of very um aware that that wasn't going to be the case i feel like you might correct me if i'm wrong the students now come with a little bit more switched on that they might not be playing golf you probably told me when i was 16 but i probably didn't listen but i feel like they probably come with a bit more understanding of the course at yeah. that point um and genuinely for two years as much as i struggled as i've said before academically i've never been good academically i struggled in the classroom what I forged there, like relationships. Like mm. I lived away from home mm. for two years. Different sets. I absolutely mm. loved it. It was literally, I got all my manic stage out of me. And at 18, I'd left college and got, I ended up getting a really good job at Mia mm. in Nutsford. And I'd almost like, because of the training I got from, from my school and the advice, it was like, well, at probably that point, I realized I wasn't good enough to be a golfer, to be a tour pro. Because like I say, in my year group, I think he might have been a year older than me, was Chris Hansen, which I want to come on to 
uh, as being maybe one of your most successful players that have come out of my school. So it put me in a good stead to go, well, I'm not as good as him, but I still want to go away every day and put my golf shoes on and call it work. So that's where I started to go down this kind of PJ pathway, really. And obviously it developed into social media and things like that. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready get 20 20, ready get 15 15, 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But it was it was from that kind of advice to go, well, actually, there's X, Y, and Z jobs you can do in golf, which helped me go, okay, well, I don't have to put everything in just being a playing pro because the chances of that are super slim. Is Chris your most successful player that's come out of my skill? I think if you're judging it on by reaching the pinnacle, which is to get onto a playing career and earning thousands of pounds, I mean, Chris is a good friend of mine and he won't mind me saying he's done exceptionally well. Like like you say, when he was there, he, he was off three handicap, uh, came to us, a lovely lad, played played a bit of Yorkshire golf and stuff like that, worked hard, socialised, like you said. Just going back to what you said, you expect at 16 to come in. We, you've seen our renter crowd today, so a lot of them would expect to come in and play lots of golf. And don't get us wrong, they do play lots of golf, but like I say, you've still got to do your academic programme as well. And they can play plenty of times during the week and uh, they get they can burn the candle at both ends, as our HE students certainly do. Um, but Chris Chris was one of those that was like you on the, the National Diploma, which is now called the BTEC programme. Uh, and after, um, I think it was year one, uh, year two, he, he looked at, I want to play. I want I really want to work in the industry, but I want to be a player. And we explained, and he knew how hard it was, but he rededicated his life um, to changing the changing the way he practiced. He was up early in the morning, 6 o'clock. He was out on the rain. It's freezing. I'd drive in 7, 38 o'clock, and you'd see Chris sitting balls and thinking, what are you doing? It's freezing. Then he's in the gym. And this is going back to 20 years ago, and things have changed dramatically. There's loads of jobs now. But like I say, when you came and you were thinking, I want to work in the industry, I want to play, there wasn't as many job opportunities now. And golf has grown, which is great for us. 
And going back to Chris, you'd see him beating the balls and you'd see him working his nuts off and he didn't change his lifestyle to the extent he still went out with the lads, but he was out still. If he'd burn the candle, he was still out in the morning working. I felt like he was a, a lot more switched on than I said. Whereas you, was, well, you were rolling back in, he was going out with his shag bag to go and hit balls on the fairway <laughs> and stuff like that. And he, he worked hard and he, he finished with us. He did his two years instead of three. So he did a foundation degree. You can do a two year instead of the full three years. And he kept on playing, did well with the uni teams, uh, did well at the amateur levels at various various events, and went through Euro Pro. And in his very first year on Euro Pro, um, he did extremely well. I think he finished third in his first event that he played in, picked up one of these nice checks. Uh, and then a couple of years later, he wins the Order of Merit for the Euro Pro with about 38 grand, something like that, for the year, which was phenomenal. Gets on to Challenge Tour. Uh, through himself, he'll say he struggled a little bit on Challenge Tour, but then kept working his nuts off as he did. That was his mentality. It still is now. And um, he, he made his way. He got. He went to tour school. Obviously, we've just had tour school last week. One of our past students has just got done quite well at tour school. I'll come back to that in a minute. And um, he got his, He got the last card at tour school. Chris uh, did. Yeah. Um, the videos always say he had like a, a five-footer. Chris says it's about two foot. It wasn't that far, but it looked good on camera. And he gets his card. And for us, we couldn't be more delighted as, a, as seeing someone who's come through our system. But... He put the work in. We were only part of the system. He everything, all credit to him, you know, to get from where he was three handicap to I think he left us off plus three, the old plus three, um, and to get out there to to earn a tour card and and do well on tour for a good few years. And you know, I think in his best year he, he got four hundred fifty thousand euros, which isn't to be sniffed at. And um, he he comes back. He talks to the students every year. He does sessions with them every year. He's doing extremely well now with the with his own tour, the twenty twenty tour and stuff. And he is one that we can look at and say. There's others that have come through that have been at the college as well. Tom Murray, uh, Paul Kinnear, still doing very well as a, in in the local region. And then just alluded to there, we've got Callum Barrow, who's one of uh, Craig's students who was with us for a few years. He's been working with Craig for eight years, and he was at tour school this year. He's the only amateur to get through into the rounds five and six, so he guaranteed himself a full challenge tour card. And uh, I think he finished 40th and got a few starts. I think he's playing in uh, Australia next week in the first DP tour event. So to go from the classroom uh, to tour is phenomenal, and it takes a lot of effort and work. And that brings me back nicely to you, Rick. (laughs) So you were there... Um, I'm going to leave now No, no, it wasn't that bad Because people, don't get me wrong People ask me all the time And I said, well, it's 20 years ago But I can remember it Yeah, you had the earrings You had the, like, a spiky thing of your hair I'll have to find a picture somewhere I've got loads I've got loads at college Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. We'll put it in the, uh, we'll put it in the podcast I'll have to send them in to you Then you can, you can shred them But, uh, yeah, (laughs) like earrings and stuff And the the tour kit we gave you Which wasn't great at the time But then we've got all pictures of you and Pete And stuff like that And I always say to Mark, we say, what was Rick like? And I said, he was like any other 16-year-old that came in. You just wanted to, you know, you're living away from home. Because back in 2002, 2003, to live away from home at 16 is difficult. Mm. But it was great, wasn't it? It was because the best. It, it was, was the best. I, I really loved that, living away from home a bit too much. You know, you, you're meant to be back in your room at 11 o'clock because you, you're treated as under 18s and stuff. But obviously, you're still out in the middle of Preston or whatever and bits and pieces, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, you, you had a great time. We met lots of nice friends, and you've alluded to it already, you know, with the networking skills of people you met at college 20 years ago, the likes of Pete and Aunt Carter and that lot that are out there doing great, and um, life skills were formed, Yeah, and, and look what you've got to, can I always say to these guys, so well, how can I be the next Rick Shields, or how can I be the next Chris Hansen, or things like that, and it, it's just, <laughs> well, if you want to be Chris, party had to be Rick. <laughs> 
socialized to be Rick. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was a mad time of two years. And, and I, it was literally, and I know people who have gone to university, not many 16-year-olds get to live away from home. Is it no. still now? Do they get to do it now? Yeah, they can go in. I agree with you. It is quite young still when you think about yeah. it. But today's 16-year-old is different to you as 16. Right, 16 to 18, we'd, we'd go and we'd socialise and it was just... You've got your own bedroom, your own pad. Yeah. It, you were 20 minutes away from Preston Town Centre. We used to get a taxi into town. We'd go out three nights a week. It was dead dirt cheap. It, the wardens it was, are chasing you around, checking you in, which is... It was like we were at university when we were 16. That must be like, obviously Rick, as you can tell, loved it. But do you get some students who struggle with that because they are just 16? Absolutely. It's just, it's, Absolutely. It hits them. Absolutely. I do think it's difficult, you know, being there that long and seeing people come through the system. You can see how some love it. Mm-hmm. You can see how some embrace it. And then you also see the ones that do struggle with it. And I understand that. Um, as a parent myself, I, I would probably want to see my kids going at 18. Uh, knowing what I know, whether that's a bad thing or a good thing for me to say on uh, on, on the microphone here. But at 16 now, to be able to go away, have you? I mean, the accommodation's phenomenal at the college. You know, it's like en suite, bedroom, everything there. You've got a shared common room and, and everything's there. It's a mini market. I know you there like is, the mini I market. Did, I did like that. Love the chocolate. The food was good. Food's we've had there two or three times now yeah. over the last few weeks. We've, we've never had, never seen so much potato go out. <laughs> any, any potato sponsors? Uh, guys, the man. Bird's eye. I, I must admit, though, I felt very awkward this today after we'd shot the video and Stuart, who's just off the camera here, Q jumped us. And we got we got booed yeah, by, the, yeah. by the big scary basketball players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, they were right, but uh, we had to I push. Through. <laughs> we had to come back to record a podcast. That's what we were saying. Yeah, we did say yeah, we with, did the, with the golf kids, you can do what you want. Really, that's Rick Shields with the basketballs. They don't care. <laughs> no, they they don't. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it definitely forged. And, and I say again now in hindsight, almost when I, once I'd got to eighteen, I'd almost like right, that's out my system. I've, I've parted, I've done all that. And that's where I almost then, in my own sense, I think I got a head start on quite a lot of people. Back then, definitely. Who, who then continued, because a few more of my friends continued on to doing degrees and spent two or three more years there. You nearly killed me those, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I went straight into a job. Yeah. I got a, I got a really, I was very lucky, I got a very, very good job. And I was almost just straight into the world at 18. And, and I felt I felt ahead of my, my world. Like I I'm sorry, I, sorry, yeah, I just yeah, felt yeah, ahead yeah. of my friends because I was like, You've, I'm working. It just felt... Started, yeah, I, I think as well, that's probably twofold because not only did you get all the partying out of your system... Like you've said a number of times off camera as well, there were some guys there whose ability, you, you, you could tell you weren't going to match, i.e. a Chris Hansen. If you'd have gone to a college down the road and just at home, whatever, and you're still playing at your, your home, own golf club, you might have had that big fish in a small pond mentality mm, still. Time. But actually, I can still get on tour... But because you've been in the real world with better players, that right, actually golf, playing golf maybe isn't isn't for me. I want to go down the coaching route. I'll tell you a funny story. So so probably year two or something, I'd, I actually bought Chris Hansen's old Mizuno TP11 irons off him. Wow. Okay, blades, like 25 quid for a set of blades. Because right? they were worn away and you thought this would look good if I'm using these. You, you're spot on. <laughs> so his eight iron, the, the centre spot was black. Black, yeah. Like worn out because how much like? he hit. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I, mine were brand new still in the wrapper. I used to have these big shovels. So I bought these blades and, and then I'd go home to my home golf course at the weekend and play and then pretend, oh, how, how's it going, Rick? Oh, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of practice and I'm showing them this eight iron that's been worn out to a, a pull. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And shoot 95. Yeah. Be, be comp. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great, like, say, life lesson. What, what, going back though, and, and 
I think you've summarised the college up really, really well there. And it's like there's so many different opportunities. And like I say, so many students go to MySco for different things. But it, as a whole, it's almost more like an, um, a, an apprenticeship college, I, I think is an easy describing way of doing it. You go there because you've got a hobby or you've got things that you've been passionate about and you go there to enhance it or learn yeah. more about it. Like say, whether it's the equestrian, whether it's the motorsports, the mechanics, or whether it is golf or football or basketball, whatever it may be. It, what's What I'm interested to know a little bit from more your background is obviously you alluded to before you're a PJ pro. <laughs> Did you have ambitions when you were 16, 18 to kind of make it on tour? Cause I, from memory, you're a very good player. And weren't you off like... Memory's very good, but <laughs> weren't, not weren't, recently. Weren't you off like a, quite a low plus handicap as well? Yeah, so I, uh, like I said, I'd go back and bore you again. I was at university. I went to my school myself. Um, I'd done two years previously in London at, at Mariswood. I had a great time. Did a golf studies program straight out of A-levels down there. Again, like going back to you at 16 to 18, it was a fantastic time of my year, uh, life. I was living away from home. I missed home, but I had a set of people from all over the world that I was there with. Um Really enjoyed it. Fantastic time. My golf improved dramatically. Uh, I was a member at a place called West Hill, which was phenomenal for 60 quid a year, which was an amazing golf course down there. And I had a great time. And I, I finished and I came home and I said to my mum and dad, um, I loved it, but I don't think I've learned anything. Mm. Uh, and I was 20 years old. Uh, and my handicap had come down to scratch or plus one. When I'd gone down there, I was off one or two. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but I thought, I'm not quite ready to... I want to play, but I know I'm nowhere near good enough. Um, and did you know that because of other students? Yeah, yeah, because you hang around with the players and stuff like that. And um, my mum, by chance, had seen MySco. I knew nothing about MySco. So what, what year would it have been? 1995, the summer. She said, well, why don't you go here? They're doing a golf management degree. So I said, okay, if you let me, I'll go. You know, it was quite local. It wasn't far. It was originally from Stockport. So um, travelled, lived in. And I had two good years there, really enjoyed it. My golf improved again. Um, did my top-up degree down the road at Preston Campus. You can now do it all on site at Myersco, so it's a lot easier. And by the time I'd finished there, I was off plus two. I'd, I'd represented um, uh, Great Britain and Ireland in the World Student Games in Switzerland with Phil Kenyon was in the team, Graham Maley, uh, um, Steve Cox, who's over at the PJ Tour, now as one of the chief rules referees. That was our team. We flew out to Switzerland, and we, we were one of the first... Great Britain teams at the university level to come back with a medal, which was great. So um, even then, back then, you know, I was a decent player, but I was nowhere near good enough to to play. My mum and dad were very supportive and always said, if you wanted to to play, we'll support you. But I didn't believe I was good enough, and I didn't want to put any financial constraints on them. And I'm, I look back now with hindsight, and I'm glad I didn't, um, because I love what I do. Um, but after I finished um, my degree, they said, right, you've got the summer, and then we'll. We'll have to find a job. So I was nearly 23 years old then, 22 years old. And uh, I was allowed to play. So I played a full season in the Northern Order of Merit as it is and national tournaments. Didn't do great at all. Played okay. And then the Marriott was opening up at Worsley Park and it just said golf staff required. So I sent my CV in. Didn't apply for any particular job. Got interviewed. And two weeks later, I found out that I've got the job. And I was given the job as the golf events manager. Uh, and I worked there for for just short of three years. And my role was obviously dealing with the corporate day, society days, the membership. And I shared an office with eight girls or eight ladies and they were in charge of the reservations for the hotel and stuff like that. 
So being the sporty one that I am, um, as obviously as you know, a lot of the team football teams come and stay at the Marriott and things like that. So I was given all the opportunities to to do that and develop my skill set there from a business point of view, dealing with the the likes of Real Madrid and Juventus, Milan's, and the players that would come and stay, and I'd have to go and uh, look after them as well as the Premier League stuff. Um, I always remember one one year getting a proper bollocking off Phil Thompson when Liverpool came to stay, and it wasn't my fault, but well. That's where my love for Man City obviously exceeds Liverpool. Um, and a great time. And then, like I say, my ESCO were looking for some staff. And I've always fancied teaching. I don't know why. It just was there niggling. And I seen it. And I thought, well, I had a great time when I was at, at my ESCO. And why not go back and teach something that you love? You know, uh, like you've already alluded to it, golf's a hobby. But to be able to do and work as a hobby, you never work a day in your life, do you? So that's what Stuart will say to me. I'm never working. But... Um, to go back there and, and, and go back and, and end up with you as one of my first students, Rick, uh, was fantastic. I mean, you were, you were a year later after I started. so And I've been there ever since. Um, and we've developed the programs over the last 20 odd years since I've been there. And we've got, I'm just a small cog in a team of seven of us at the moment that are there. We can't do it without each other. Um, I think the service and the opportunities we provide with what we do is, is phenomenal for what we are. And, um, like I say, if I could do anything different, I'd, I'd move us to like Florida and stuff like that because we're different to the American scholarships and what they do. They're heavily focused on the performance side. And although we've got that as one of our qualifications, it's more to do with people that come to us. Handicap isn't a prerequisite. You don't have to be plus four to come to Myersco College, University Centre Myersco. It's just an interest in the game. And over the years, we've had people come off 28 handicap, the complete beginners that want to study an academic program to get a position in the golf industry because there's so many job opportunities now. And age isn't a barrier either. So in the last two years, we've had, um, I think Adrian, Adrian was 55 years old when he started the program with us. And he, he's just left last year with a first class honours degree. Wow. Uh, so we get them as young as 16 and as old as 55. Uh, and they come in with an ambition to work in the industry at various levels. And, and we try and point them in the right direction through the industry links that we've built up with over the last, well, for me, 22 years that I've been there. Wow, that's incredible. So you had no, you mentioned a minute ago, you, you always had this kind of idea of teaching. Was that never coaching as such? Because you have coached at my school, obviously, haven't you? You've done your PGA. A little bit, yeah. I, I mean, I'll let you in to see. I didn't, I didn't do my PGA to coach. Um, when did you do P when was that then sorry I'm a bit lost the timeline was that so I, I started at Myersco uh, 2000 2001 and um, whilst I was there a lot of jokes go around that teachers get a lot of holidays so I'd just like to set that straight that we don't get we don't get student holidays so when they're off like my lot finish in middle of start of May and they don't come back till September they get like 15 16 weeks as a degree student for their summer um if I'm lucky if I get four or five weeks off in the summer so we, we get pro rata holidays we get around um six to seven weeks a year and when you've got kids like myself you know I take my holidays when they're off but back then before the kids and everything and when I turned pro I turned pro in 2002 and the only reason I did it was I played at uh, the Lancashire Open at Blackpool North Shore so I was playing with uh, some of the big players like Shackers Dave, Dave Shacklady um, Scott Aston from Hesketh at the time and, and players like that John Cheatham and I finished second in the event as an amateur I'd had a hole in one in the event on the seventh hole and I got nothing for it. There was a there was a villa in Spain for a week, and I bagged it for a one. And I've looked at the villa, and they've gone, no, amateurs can't win the pro prizes. Okay. And um, end up finishing second in the tournament. Scott Aston wins it, and he wins, I think, one and a half thousand pounds was the cash prize in 2001, 2002. And I would have got a cheque for a thousand pounds, which back then, you know, 
I was all right. He was quite decent. And I was getting, I got a voucher for 200 pounds to spend in your local golf store. And I just looked at it and I thought I'd played county golf and I'd love playing county golf with, with the teams. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, um, I'm not going to play all year with my new role at the college. I can't because of my commitments to what I'm doing academically. But I've got a five, six week window in the summer where when I take my holidays, I could have like a mini tour. So that's what I did. I thought, right, I'm going to turn pro. I'll do my PJ training. At the time, you could do an accelerated route where it was two years instead of the three. So that that was very beneficial for me. What was the benefit in that over just losing your amateur status then? Money. Would you not? But well, if you if you, you just, just if you just pro, turn pro, could you not have just still won the money then? Um, yeah, you can. But also, when you, when I looked at it in a, from a career point of view, the PJ are a fantastic brand. Mm-hmm. Um, to have that qualification behind me right, would yeah. certainly benefit me. That makes sense in my role. What I do now, and also I guess in, you might not have known this at the time, but a lot of your students, like me, went on to do their PGA. So it meant at least you've been there and done that and got the T-shirt Absolutely, as well. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the qualifications that you do with us, you could say very similar to what you do for your PJ training. Uh, apart from at the end of the PGA program, you turn you or when you start, you turn professional. With what we do, we don't have to turn professional. You can gain all the industry experience you need and the management skills. But like I said, handicap's not a prerequisite. You don't you don't have to turn pro. So that five six week window in my summers was an opportunity just to. Uh, you know, pay my house deposits and things like that and stuff. So pick uh, up a couple of checks. Pick up a couple, instead of vouchers because over the years we're playing with old lads. You pick up your vouchers, which was great. And I know it's changed now. You can actually win money. You put the money in your account now. With the the way the RNA have changed the system for amateurs, and that was my only reason why I did the PGA to start with. But obviously, it complemented what I do as a with my teaching qualifications that I picked up at the college as well. So it enhanced my credibility. You could say in terms of if I'm stood in front of you at the classroom and you throwing rubbish at me and things like that and wanting to go and play golf, at least you've got someone in front of you who actually knows, hopefully, what they're on about. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. I'm going to ask you a question here. and You don't have to name names, okay? Okay. What are some of the most interesting... You've had 800 students come mm. through your door. Yeah. Give me some interesting, funny stories. Like, you don't have to name names, but what are ones that are clean for the video? Well, that, that stopped it already, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there must have been some shenanigans. You, it yeah, must right. be very difficult to, to have. Because how many new students come each time? 30-odd? Yeah, we normally get around 25 to 30 students across both courses in the in the uh, and, o- and, and over the 22 years you've been doing it, 800 students. Yeah. There's been some right characters. Um, <laughs> I said to you the other week when you came in, and when I go to retire, and I have to write a book, yeah. you know, when I can't get in trouble. Um, I think some of these might be for after the podcast. Yeah, after the podcast, <laughs> obviously. But no, there's not been that much. I mean, I wouldn't be at college if there was problems like that, but we've had lots of characters, and we get lot, up to lots of things. We travel a lot. We work with the tours a lot. And I've told you some stories about some of the guys that have got into um, – not trouble in a bad way, but in, a, in an indirect way on tour where um, we've got super fans for players and things mm-hmm. like that that follow players around and we have to keep them away from them so they don't bother them while they're playing, things like that. One of the things I noticed um, today and yesterday, and I, I'm going to be quite stereotypical, stereotypical here, but it's something I believe. When you do find people who've played golf from a, a young age, obviously there's always going to be some outcasts, but most people are respectful and well-mannered and you know respect the rules and i noticed that today i mean i know they're not young young kids you know some of the you know some are grown-ups 18 to 21 but every single one of them was polite and um you know a, a real kind of credit nice, credit to cre- the yeah, college credit. and also credit to the parents exactly yeah no that's one Thank thing I and i think again with that, <laughs> i'm going to be stereotypical i think if you've got that same number of 
footballers or rugby players, you might not always see that same level of uh, maybe maturity at your etiquette. Yeah. Well, well even, even, even sorry, just at the end, even at the end when, when I was saying bye to the lads there, they all shook my hand, yeah. they all proper looked at me in the eye. Like some of them took the hat off. Like, and it was just like well-mannered. That's the beauty, I think, of golf. Like that, That's why I'm so... Uh, privileged to have played from such a young age. There's some things you don't even realise at the time, like you said, shaking hands, taking your cap off, you know, speaking to grown-ups. I think golf does massively teach you, and you could see that definitely today. Yeah, we're lucky. I mean, uh, golf has got the etiquette. You always get um, some strange characters, but most of them are excellent. And the, I've been there, like I say, we keep saying it, 22 years, but I wouldn't be there if I didn't enjoy my job. And every year I get a new batching. And every year that refreshes me because I get a new Must group. Keep you young. <laughs> well, I do because things can get stagnant. You know, you've three years and you're spending time together, not in a bad way, just, you know, you want to keep um, everyone happy and the band to go in as such that you have in the classroom and that link in, uh, with the students and the staff. And every year the, the, the staff, when we get a new group of students in, it's a fresh challenge for us. Um, certainly educational, particularly being a parent now, seeing what comes through at 16 and 18. Um, but I love it, you know, and um, they give me grief, I give it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, at the same time, they have got the etiquette. Mm. Uh, across the campus, we're very lucky at uh, Mayasco, whether it is football, rugby, um, we've got some good groups. But I thank you for your comments. The golfers are a really good group at the moment. What we've got, a very good etiquette, professional skills as much as possible. And I think some of that will come through on the video when, when the when the, uh, the the viewers watch what happened. Yeah, I can't, honestly can't wait so for that. Good. I think it's going to be amazing. Um Rick, thanks for your time. It's been amazing. I, I've loved, there's been a lot of the story there that even though I feel like I'm, as an ex-student, I feel like I'm very uh, switched on with my school and what they've done. There's lots of in that story that I've learned today, which has been great. I think a lot of people listening, certainly if you've got young kids and not sure which direction to go down, whether it is my school or not, at least know there's options out there that you can actually pursue your careers or your hobbies or things that you love. And, and like I say, we probably all sit here now with that privilege of being able to do a do a job that we love. And it, like I say, it almost then doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. It feels like more, you're just getting paid for a hobby, which is great. We get so many emails, not just from youngsters, from people of all ages saying, you know, I love golf, it's my hobby. I'm not the best golf, but I'd love to quit my job doing whatever it might be and get into the world of golf. And I think, you know, even the people that don't want to go back into education, this certainly shows that there are so many jobs out there in the world in golf that are exciting and unique. Yeah, absolutely. This, we've reached that stage now that at the moment we're, we've got students coming through and we can't fulfil the number of job requirements that are coming in on the back of COVID. And we've got to sustain that as a, as a sport and as an industry. But for our point of view, it's great. You know, um, at the moment, students come and I always tell you, you've got to be willing to start on the bottom of the ladder and work your way up. You can't go into these... 25, 30,000, whatever pound jobs straight off the bat. Some will. Um, we've had students that have done that, you know, but if you graft, it's like the hotel industry. You can work very quick up in the golf industry from a management point of view. And um, coming at 16, coming at 18, there's a variety of programs for all ages and abilities. Um, you know, people are more than welcome to have a look online at our websites, ring me or any of the guys at the campus and have a chat. Parents want to speak to us. I get lots of twitter messages from people that see where i work and say what do you do and things like that and i, I know rick shields has been through your program and chris hansen like saying oh i know another student that's been through can we come and meet you please feel free to do so it, oh, don't get me wrong it's not for everybody sometimes and i get that but uh, come and have a look at what we do have a look at what, what we the setup is like and um, you know it, 
there's plenty of positive stories that have come out of Myasco and um, I'm sat next to one now, obviously, <laughs> um, and loads of others as well. And uh, please feel free to contact us if you are interested in any kind of golf career. Perfect. Uh, did I mention it in the podcast that I got a college fellowship? Did I mention that a couple we of weeks ago? kept it under wraps. You said you weren't going to say. Oh, well, I've got a, Last time I went, I'm allowed to say it. I'm allowed to say it. Oh, yeah, good sure. The principal. Yeah, Alison, yeah. Mentioned that I uh, now have a college fellowship, so I'll basically get a degree next summer. You finally complete your degree. Somehow, some, <laughs> some way. There's, there's one caveat, you have to reply to the... Um, guys right, Guys says I have to do it in like a... Quill. Quill. I want it to be Quill. Yeah, and then be a, as posh as you want. Yeah. Can I just send them a WhatsApp? Yeah, I'll Voice do it. Note. I'll that have would, it. That would be the Rick Shields way, so I don't see why not. Because <laughs> down that lens now, Rick, I want you to accept <laughs> your <laughs> fellowship. Mrs. Robinson Mrs. Robinson, I accept my college fellowship and I will be there cap and gown next July. Thank you very much. That's official. Uh, Brilliant. (laughs) Thanks for your time, Uh, Rick. You're amazing. Um, Last question. Who is the best student, me or Peter Finch? you thanks right guys <laughs> thanks for listening we'll stay tuned lots Sorry, more to come uh, <laughs> like and subscribe and we'll see you next week imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 